0: Alana. Yes? You have now earned the nickname of Ventilator JLo. Why? Because there is a rumor going around started by me that you are suffering from COVID. <laughs> and by this time next week, you're going to be on a ventilator. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. No, you were just caught. And, and, you know, no, I know it's, it's offensive, but I've known people who've died from COVID and so have you. So <sighs>
1: What? Yes. We've like both having... known
0: people who died. You had a friend who died from COVID like two weeks ago, babes
1: um no she didn't die from covid she died from pneumonia
0: which happens when you get covid it brings it out didn't you say that your friend had covid she
1: did but she was at the end of it and then she got pneumonia
0: but they say that that happens when you have covid
1: okay we're yeah. not going to go down this rabbit okay. because i know what you're going to say and i know and i'm gonna i'm already disagreeing with it go ahead <laughs> We're not going to go down this rabbit hole. I've been on the phone for an hour. We're not going to do it.
0: It was actually a little bit more than that.
1: It was a little bit more than an hour, but it was worth it, and I'm not going to... Um,
0: but no. your new nickname is <coughs> Ventilator J-Lo. No, it's not. Oh. You don't like that nickname?
1: No.
0: It's too bad, babes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: You're being laundry this morning. Aren't no,
0: you? No, no, I barely talked to you, babes. Oh, we had some fun in bed this morning. No, and we then didn't. I was kicked <laughs> out because uh, actually
1: we didn't. <laughs> it was fun <laughs> for me, <laughs> was, uh, and then really, I was
0: I was kicked out because you had to make a phone call. So a
1: very long one. Yes, yes, very yes. very long one. But it's okay like, because I got things done. So
0: I feel like I had a really good morning because while you were on the phone, I well, <laughs> so last night.
1: Yes. Excuse you were tired.
0: This. Yes. You did moving I, your blanket. I know. And <laughs> by 11, you would gone to sleep.
1: I was exhausted. I was really exhausted.
0: I stayed up to finish the new J.J. Uh, French book about Twisted Sister. <laughs> well, about his life in general. But
1: Not just Twisted Sister, but yeah. that was a big part of his life. At
0: and that was really good. So after I finished that, about a half hour following your departure into the dream world. <laughs> okay. I decided, well, I have the new uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, biography, I think you would call it. Yeah. So I decided to read that. And it's... I I haven't finished it yet, but I read a lot of it uh, last night and this morning. And uh-huh. I'm more than halfway through. It's basically like an oral history of his life. Really? The author was his personal assistant for a number of years and helped uh-huh. him write some of his later books so for this book, what she did is she just interviewed people, and so it'll be like Anthony Bourdain's brother telling a story about him, or somebody who he worked with. Or In his oral ex- history wife. of
1: his... Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. It's really good.
1: I didn't even know he was married.
0: Apparently he was married twice, and something I didn't know about him... Huh? Did you know that before K- Kitchen Confidential, he wrote two fictional books and published them?
1: No, I did Well, I didn't watch Kitchen Confidential. It's a book. I I mean, I'm sorry... No, I didn't know. I didn't know about that. No, I didn't know uh, at all of what books he wrote. Actually,
0: I wouldn't say that I'm a <laughs> diehard fan of his by any means, but I'm definitely would consider myself a fan. I've read Kitchen Confidential. I like Parts Unknown, even though I haven't seen every episode. Hmm. And I've, you know, <laughs> I followed his career somewhat.
1: I watched a little bit of Noah's Res- Reservations. Um, it. it- it didn't really... Well, I'm not really an Anthony Bourdain fan at all. Um, I like other other chefs, but um, that show didn't seem to excite me as much as, you know... It didn't seem to hold my interest as much as it hold, held your interest.
0: This probably will not make you a fan. Mm. So, I have a friend of mine, <clears throat> and she's a great person. okay. A wonderful, wonderful human being. I've known her for over 10 years since I lived in Denver. Um, We disagree about very few things. Mm -hmm. But one of the things to where uh, I feel that we have a major, major disagreement is she is a Guy Fieri fan, and I am not.
1: I I don't, you know, I'm not really a fan of his either. I mean, I do like his show... uh diners drive-ins and dives
0: she really enjoys that show.
1: um but i'm not i don't really watch his stuff i think he's a little too hyper for me
0: yeah exactly and uh, i'm a pretty hyper person too. i i yeah so but, for me to say that
1: I'm yeah just... but she can you know how to stay calm but he's like dah, 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 dah. it's like cheese, would you please calm down
0: but anyways uh, it's okay Um, apparently Anthony Bourdain used to make fun of Guy Fieri.
1: Are you serious? Yeah.
0: And he also, um, according to the book, he used to trash on Rachel Ray.
1: Whoa. And I like Rachel Ray. I think she's a, I I like her too. I think she's got some really good recipes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Uh, not making, he didn't make a lot of friends in the cooking world with him. Apparently. I don't know. (laughs) Really? He used to trash on Rachel Ray. Why?
0: I don't. I did, they didn't go into the specifics, but as some writer was doing a piece on him. Mm-hmm. I believe I read this when you were in the shower just now, and he said it, it was either a writer or an executive. Because uh-huh. um, I was also listening to the water coming from the shower and your moans.
1: Oh my goodness! Okay, okay, go okay, on okay. with your story. Don't and try to don't try to put words in my mouth or.
0: I think this is back in Stated. 2009. Huh? The guy says, Anthony Bourdain came in. It was a great <laughs> experience. And that was in his period where he was uh, making fun of Rachel Ray a-, a lot. Oh, wow. So, that was cool. Okay. Yes.
1: No, she has some really good recipes. She does. And ideas about how to make ahead your meals in 30 minutes. So, you have a good week's worth of uh, meals planned. I like both and, of them. Yeah.
0: I Anthony Bourdain is more interesting to me, but she has really good recipes. Yes, yeah, she and does, and she seems like a, a <laughs> nice person. She
1: does, and she and she has people on her show, and they cook on stage, and uh, I, I I like her a lot. I do.
0: Do you think you will ever read Kitchen Confidential?
1: I don't know. I'm not really a fan of his. so wow. probably not. Okay. Did you learn a lot of tips from Kitchen Confidential?
0: It's or Not really like, a cooking book. Okay. I mean, it, it it talks about cooking, but it's mainly about his life and the type of people you meet when you work in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it's really fun. It's mm-hmm. a fun book.
1: <clears throat> the one chef I really like watching is, I think her name is Giada De, Ren, Giada, Giada De so I, I don't know how to say her last name, but she's this Italian lady, and she cooks a lot of Italian foods because she is... Um, I think she might have gone to school in Italy. So you can hear when she's talking about spaghetti, you can you can hear the it, Italian way it's supposed to say or when she says ricotta, she's like ricotta nice. or um marscapone, you know. <laughs> really Italian mm-hmm. because she is. And um how sometimes she'll cook with her, her um aunt or um she'll cook with her daughter, um, or her daughter will watch her cook something. And she'll talk about her family. or um, I really like recipes. She likes she likes to make really good recipes. That's so. good. Mm-hmm. I like watching. And then the, the two celebs that I like watching are um, uh, Valerie Bertinelli's show on occasion. I like watching hers and um, Trisha Yearwood's show.
0: Yeah, you told me that before. I've seen some of Bertinelli's stuff. Yeah. But I haven't really watched the Trissy Yearwood stuff.
1: Yeah, I like her stuff because sometimes she'll have her sister cook with her too. And it's like um, sometimes she'll um, do uh, strictly southern things mm-hmm. or um, she'll. Plantation
0: cook... pancakes.
1: Oh my goodness, Sorry, Bubs. Keep going. I don't think she's like that, Bubs.
0: Confederate flag cookies. B- bubs! All right, keep going, babes. Why'd you stop? Sorry, babes, I didn't know.
1: Hit on a platter cookies.
0: <laughs> so keep talking.
1: Oh, you'll hit a you'll hit on a plate.
0: I'm spicing up your your uh, your commentary base, but keep talking. Oh, go ahead.
1: The South will rise again, soup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. The this
0: South is... will rise again, sour bread,
1: <laughs> sourdough bread. Yeah. No, no, no. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> she seems like a nice person, but sometimes she'll cook with her sister. Like I think she made something that was on. Um, steel magnolias okay and i think it was called like um slow country boil or something or low low country boil i'm not sure what that is but it sounded really good and 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 one time she made um uh she made some things for her uh her friend that just had a baby yeah um and 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 why i like her show so much is she'll cook and then she'll say and, and later on, you'll hear a recording that we did in the studio. Or she'll have her studio musicians come over and they'll sing something. Mm. Yeah, I really like it a lot. It's not just cooking, but singing.
0: I like some country <laughs> music, but it's usually the older stuff from like the 50s, maybe 60s backwards. Or <laughs> if it's newer country music, it's like Sturgill Simpson. Or the drive by truckers. I don't know trackers. if I would
1: even consider them country, to be honest. Mm. Um, I think they're in a category all their own.
0: Maybe like Southern Rock then. Mm. Modern Southern Rock.
1: Possibly soft Southern Rock. I'm not even sure how to I'm not even sure how to um, categorize them because I don't listen to them that much. But Sturgill Simpson is good. He yeah. kinda reminds me of um he kinda reminds me of um, a little bit of uh, Randy Travis.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I didn't really get a lot of immersion in the country world, but there are some there are a few singers that I do like.
0: Did you ever listen to Trissy Yearwood? A little bit. But she wasn't one of your top favorites. I mean she reasons. was.
1: she was okay. She wasn't one of my top favorites. Um I <clears throat> I thought she was talented. Um I didn't I listened to a little bit of Garth Brooks. Um They're married, right? they are married now yes nice. they've been married for a while now yes um i um i'm a big i was a i was a big fan of leanne rhymes um i liked a, a little bit of uh i i liked a little bit of reba mcintyre because she's been around for a long time and um you know some faith hill and tim mcgraw nice. so i like a few.
0: It's weird. I go really deep with a lot of forms of music. Yeah. But with country, it's like, it's the people you would expect that I would listen to. So, like, Johnny Cash.
1: Johnny Cash is great. I like some of his
0: things. You know what I mean? I, uh, Patsy Klein, obviously. Some mm-hmm. Willie Nelson. Um,
1: <clears throat> Hank Williams.
0: Hank Williams. I do like some of his stuff. But I, do, <laughs> it's, I don't listen to a lot of quote unquote obscure country artists. Like, I do because you know how I am with other forms of music. There's a lot of artists I like that you you'd like never hear on the radio and aren't really yeah. talked about that much. Yeah. But with country music, it's it's the stereotypical these are what people say is the good country music.
1: Okay. So I I didn't know until later on that John Ritter's father Tex Ritter, Ritter is a country music I haven't
0: really checked out. Is stuff.
1: is a, is a was a country music artist and I should look into his stuff cuz I think I heard a little bit of it.
0: Who are some country artists that you think I would like who that are a little bit off the beaten path?
1: Hmm. That's a good question because some of them today sound way too much the same. Mm-hmm. so uh, that is a really good question I mean I think you would like so one of my one of the country groups that I do like and I like a f- um a, a few, not a lot but a few. Is, um, I like Rascal Flats, but...
0: They're kind of, they're really popular. They are. Did I tell you babes... Oh, God, I'm going to sound like such a name dropper here.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. I have... No, I don't want to call her a friend. I knew somebody fairly well, and she used to party with Rascal Flats before they made it big. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: This is a lady, babes, whose dad, whose stepdad was a songwriter in Nashville...
1: Oh, that I think he told me about this person, yes. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Did you know that um the that Rascal I think the lead singer of Rascal Flats was a part of a Christian band before he joined Rascal that Flats? That does
0: not surprise me since he's in the country music.
1: Not all of the country music stars are Christians both. Really? No, they're not. There's a lot of country stars that I mean today I don't listen to a lot of a lot of country today yeah. because all I hear is like cars, women and trucks or trucks women and money or or drinking or whatever it is it's like it's never and it, now they kind of steered away from telling stories like uh the Harper Valley PTA that's it.
0: Yeah, which is kind of like a lefty song when you think about it.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I I heard I heard it a long time ago.
0: No, the I think the lady who did it said said that it's kind of, it's 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 kind of like it's talking about this conservative town that's very judgmental, right?
1: Um, well, they they pass judgment on her, mm-hmm. but they're doing the same thing. It sounds like yes, they're not they're hypocrites. I don't know if it's a lefty song, but I think it's a song for all hypocrites. Nice, and I think uh, whatever side you want you are on. Uh, there is something to be said about hypocrisy. oh And I, I, um, I don't know if it's fair to label it a lefty song because it is talking about hypocrisy. So I don't know that.
0: But it's talking about hypocr- hypocrisy through the eyes of somebody who lives in a very small conservative town.
1: Mm, I don't
0: know. Oh, well, moving on, babes. A question I have for you, because you know this world a lot more than I do.
1: I do? Yes. Okay.
0: Even though I saw a couple documentaries that don't make me country. Oh
1: my goodness. I don't (laughs) know that world that much.
0: Okay, you know it more than I do.
1: No, I don't. No, I don't.
0: Okay. (laughs) And you have a different relationship. I've read books about country music. Uh I listen to the well-known people from that genre who i think are kind of cool yeah but i don't go deep as deep as you do
1: i don't know not. i i don't go very all right deep well
0: either. here's my question
1: man. okay okay
0: we know that there is this movement of country artists trying to emulate rap music
1: i hate that and
0: i'm not a big fan of that, that either. <laughs> yeah but my question for you is yeah. Do you know of any country artists who try to mix in, like, neo-soul soul to their sounds?
1: Uh, the only one that even comes close to it, even a little bit, would probably be Wynonna Judd. And and the really? only reason why I say that, okay, she's a little bit of both, because she, she's got a great voice. I mean, I don't know if you listen to any of her solo stuff. I haven't heard
0: any of her stuff.
1: She's a great singer. Okay. So she can sing with soul, but she's all. She also comes from the 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 country background of uh, the Judds, the group she was in with her mom. Yeah. But she can sing. Um, I don't know if you would call it neo soul, but there is some soul in her.
0: But there's never like it's never like Garth Brooks does a song with incognito.
1: Uh, no, I I can't say. I don't think so. (laughs) I can't can't say. I think that for the most part, I'm sure there may. Well, I mean, with the exception of Charlie Pride, because Charlie Pride was a country singer before. You know, he was a country singer for many years. Go ahead. But I think for the most part, I'm I'm guessing it's safe to say that country music is very white bread.
0: Yes. You don't
1: hear about a lot of Asian singers. You hear about some. You know some. Mexican singers that mm-hmm. are country singers, but mostly it's like, it's white, brand. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's how it is in the, I think, in the country music genre.
0: This is <clears throat> very stereotypical, but when I think of country
1: music, <clears throat> yeah,
0: I usually think confederate flags, guns... You know that the typical stuff that you think I would think. About. I
1: think most Southerners are not for the Confederate flag in their country music. Okay, I don't. I don't ever hear any country song about uh, about Confederate. I mean, praising the Confederacy because um, anyone in their right mind would know that the Confederate flag is very racist.
0: Nice. Okay, and I also I, think very like pro-war. You know that. That type of stuff.
1: I think it's a a misconception that a lot of people have.
0: And I think always Republican, but there are some. There are some.
1: No, like, there's some Lib country singers. Yeah, I'm it's sure, very but rare. very few.
0: I like. Uh, I think that's the reason why I like Drive By Truckers because they're pretty left to center. And Willie Nelson is is probably not a complete Lib, but I think he, he's probably very left leaning on a lot of things.
1: I guess. Yes. I don't
0: know. I don't know. if I, I don't
1: know. I, I don't know much about that world to really comment on it.
0: Okay. I have many fantasies in, in my life, right? Because I spend a lot of time just thinking about, well, if I did this and if I was uh, that and if uh, I was born in 1947 <clears throat> instead of 1982,
1: you know. Yeah, some crazy fantasies, yes. But mm-hmm.
0: if I was a country star, star. I would be the weirdest country star ever. I would I yeah, would, you would openly support Bernie Sanders. I but even more than the political stuff. I would do crazy stuff. So like I would try to do collaborations with like Shaw Day. You know what I mean? That'd or be interesting. Immortal technique. Just to like really throw people off, and, and
1: you would have to have you would have to figure out a way to do it, but make it sound a little, you know, make it sound close to being country. Yeah, I mean, you would have to you'd have to find a way to um to stick in the steel guitar in there and and not make it <laughs> sound well, too weird. Here, here's
0: a, here's here's a thought I've had. Yeah, usually albums will have ten to twelve songs, mm-hmm. right, and I don't know how it is in the country world, but in the rap community, there's often skits. So you'll have like 12 songs and like four skits on an album.
1: I don't mind if it's like a short skit. I don't like skits. But some of them are just, you know, I I get that.
0: I don't like skits. But here's what I would do. I would have 12, if I was a country music star, I would have 12 straight up country ballads. And three of them would be like super lefty you know, things, and, and nine of them would just be, like, my about my mom, my pa, <laughs> and my guns. But then, instead of having, like, four skits, I would have four collaborations with people outside of the country world, where it wasn't necessarily a country song. I don't know. This is the weird shit that keeps me up at night.
1: Yeah, I think you should go to bed instead of thinking about weird stuff.
0: Oh, my goodness. I can't <laughs> help it, babes.
1: Yeah, you can. You just don't want to. This is
0: who I am, JLo.
1: Yes, you can. You just don't want it Yes, be
0: normal, Bob.
1: For fall, one day at least.
0: Follow the line. Be like everybody else. I
1: never said that. Okay. I just said be somewhat normal.
0: No, this is... The, just don't I drag am, me into I your... somewhat uh, normal.
1: Just don't drag me into your ridiculousness if I don't have to be... Bob, I've heard enough with the weird stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh,
0: no. we forgot to talk about something yesterday. What's that? That is kind of relevant here.
1: Uh-oh. What is it?
0: I was asking you on the phone the other day about the idea of somebody's inner life. And when is it bad?
1: Uh I
0: gave you a couple of of examples. um, And and I'll I'll kind of go over.
1: Yeah, I think you should.
0: Some stuff here. We did
1: talk about that like a couple, like maybe two or three days ago.
0: Right. What was I just said? Yes. Let's. I'll give you a fictional example and then I'll give you like a real life one. Okay. In DS9, there's the great episode Far Beyond the Stars, uh-huh. where Cisco basically has this hallucination of living an entirely different life. Uh-huh. And how does something like that affect him? So that's sort of like Cisco's fantasy world. Yeah. Or maybe it's a vision from the prophets. So that yeah. might not be the best example. So right. the real life one is there is somebody. Who I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. But you and a couple of my friends all know this person separately.
1: Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: And this person sounds like a complete psychopath. (laughs) One of the things I've heard is that. This person claims yeah. that they are in a steady relationship with somebody who won't be born for like 300 years.
1: And my response was, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy.
0: So, and maybe I need to, I'll have to rephrase this question, but let's yeah. let's use this off as a starting point. Uh-uh. When is somebody's inner life good for them versus when can it be a um, so holding back point for them? By
1: inner life, you mean imagination, correct?
0: It could be imagination
1: beyond their imagination. Like, oh, I really did. I really have this life, or I want to have this life. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and they've got their um like a fantasy, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: We Um, perceive it as a fantasy,
1: and my response to that was. If I remember correctly, I said, if it does not interfere with their real life outside of this, um, whatever they're thinking about in their head. And I gave another example that I will talk about in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, if it doesn't interfere with her, um, relationships or, uh her friendships or um, whoever. And I'm just saying her or him, yeah. whoever it is. is. not matter speaking
0: if it's a, about one. Specific no, 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 no,
1: no. It doesn't matter if it's a her or a him, but if it interferes, if it interferes with their everyday life and how they interact with people, then they really need some medical help. Some serious uh, psychiatric evaluations, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to give an, an example. Go ahead. We've talked about this before. This person, who is or her, uh, uh, she will not be named for various reasons. But she treats objects like they are people. She gives them personalities. And by objects, I mean musical instruments like drum kits, uh, recorders, flutes. Gives them personalities as if they're actually living, which I think is kind of strange to me. But the but the the thing that really um is concerning to me is that the person expects everybody else to understand why she thinks this way without explaining why she thinks this way or how why she feels this way. Mm. So I really personally think it's interfering with her own life. But it's just my opinion. And I think the reason why is because maybe this person felt judged before and these instruments can't judge her. So what does she do? She she, um, gives them a life of their own. So she doesn't have to deal with their problems. But this is just my my own personal opinion. I am not a psychiatrist or a psychologist so I can't diagnose a person like this. But I honestly think that there is something... Very concerning going on.
0: And yet, there are other times when somebody's inner life can be very helpful. You, you always hear these self-help people, and I know self-help is a dangerous road to go down. Yes. Yeah, but they talk about the idea of creative visualization, where you have to kind of see something in your head before it becomes reality.
1: Is it kind of like the law of attraction?
0: It's kind of like that, but... it. But I mean, it goes beyond self-help because if you know a lot of artists like we both do, you know people who have to see things in their head before they happen. Like somebody has to say, I'm going to put out an album next year and go on tour. Yeah. But that could sound completely ridiculous until that person actually pulls it off. Or I'm going to yeah. make a movie with no money. And you think to yourself, yeah, dude, whatever. Uh-huh. And then three years later, that person has a low budget movie that's actually being so, distributed.
1: So, in other words, it's goal setting.
0: It's goal setting, but you have to visualize it in your head. Right. You can't just, yes, goal setting, writing down, this is going to, ha- ha- this is going to, is how I'm going to do it step by step is essential. And a lot of artists miss that part. Uh but you also have to see it in your head before it actually happens, I think. Yeah,
1: I think I hear a lot of self-help people say that you have to have a vision. You have to have, like, um, you know, what what they'll say is have, like, a vision board in your house. Yes. And write that down. What is your vision? What do you see yourself doing in five years? You know, set your goals, write down your goals, whatever, so you actually see it. So I've heard that a lot.
0: I think there's much truth in that from what I've seen.
1: Mm.
0: Where people go off course, like I just said, is artists will oftentimes have the vision and not write down the steps it takes to get there. Mm. So they'll say, I want to do a movie next year. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you want to direct a movie? And if so, how are you going to go about getting that opportunity? Yeah. And that's where a lot of artists get uh, in the weeds. Right. But some people are able to pull it off. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I think you you need the creative visualization part of it. So when is an inner life helpful to your external existence?
1: Uh, well, I suppose it could be. Um... Uh that's a really I suppose it could be that you have a direction where you want to go and you see that direction in your head. Mm-hmm. Um now I think that another reason why people don't follow through with their things is where they make too many goals, right? They set way too many goals, but they can't reach them Yes, because they don't know where how to prioritize them or they don't know, okay, what should I do and what should I not do? Have you noticed that? I have, mm-hmm.
0: but my question isn't when it goes off. My question is when is an inner life helpful for somebody? I
1: guess that would be an example. Mm. I mean, it sounds really new agey to me, but I guess, you know, it's, it's helped certain people.
0: But you don't think it's it's the imagination is really that important? Then it sounds
1: like I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying that um, sometimes people might have a vision, but they may not reach that vision, and it it may turn out that they go a different direction. That's that's a lot better than what they were doing.
0: See, I'm in a really weird place mm-hmm. in that I know so many people who. Um, have this great imagination and who can never follow through with it in the real life. Yes. And yet, I know that having an imagination is very, very important. And it sounds like I put a little bit more stock in it than you do, but a little less emphasis on it than a lot of my
1: friends do. No, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to have an imagination. I, I, I'm not at all saying that it's not good. It's very good. It does help. Um,
0: I think it's essential to being an artist.
1: Yes, it does help. Yeah. It, it certainly does.
0: Do you think having an imagination helped you in college?
1: Um. Yes, I believe it did. I believe it did. It was hard work. But I remember before performances, right? And I guess in a way I kind of had to imagine myself on stage. Because before performances, one of the things that my teacher used to tell me, which really helped a lot, is you know, imagine yourself so focused and centered. That sounds very new age terminology. No, it's centered, good though. But it is good. Um, imagine your everything, like your whole entire body, where you want it to be, but also your whatever you put out when you're playing a piece you're conveying a message you're telling a story and you want people to um you want people to take something from your story whatever it is whatever emotion it's conveying whatever uh what 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 the story is about whatever it is and I really helped a lot because it really took a lot of focus off of what I had to do and it took it it caused me to focus on um, not so much the notes, but what message I was trying to convey. And that really helped a lot. And I think it helps a lot with other crafts. It could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're telling a poem, when you're reciting a poem, when someone is telling a joke, when someone is singing a song, when someone is, uh, I don't know, reading a script, maybe.
0: Yeah. Um, That's a lot. I was actually more thinking of at some point when you're applying to go to college, mm-hmm. you probably imagined yourself graduating and having that degree.
1: Absolutely, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, 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 yes. But I like
0: that you took it from a much different angle than I would
1: have. Yes, yes, I absolutely did. I mean, that was the end result of everything. But I also um, had uh, thoughts about, well, um, You know, trying to go above and beyond what I normally would go because I was, you know, I was, I was working alongside of my sighted peers and that meant that I had to really, really, really work hard, harder than, harder than I ever thought I could work, but it was worth it. It was worth it. All that hard work I've learned, you know, so much, so much. And you are right, yes. I have I have imagined myself getting that, um, that BA. Nice. And that I did. Nice. And that I did. And then on to the next chapter, wherever that is.
0: This might get a little bit abstract and freaky.
1: Uh-oh. But
0: roll with me here. Okay. When you think of yourself, and you're doing a performance, or right after a performance,
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you ever get jealous of the you that was just on stage?
1: No. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: that's weird, because that happens to me.
1: No, and, I'll, and, and, okay, explain that to me, and I'll explain where I'm coming from, because I don't quite understand that.
0: Okay, so, uh, when I'm on it, I do a lot of prep work before I go on stage, and that doesn't just mean writing the poem, it means memorizing it, it means getting to feel the reality of the poem. And then I'll go on stage, when things go well, I do really awesome go off stage and I think, wow, I'm really jealous of that dude who is just on stage. Like that version of Rick has it under control. He has stage presence. He has these really cool ideas that he's able to, uh, express. It sounds like he reads a, leads a really interesting life. Now, of course that version of Rick is, is me. And, uh, I'm not lo- working at, looking at the work that went into it. So it's not that I don't have an interesting life, but when I'm working on poetry, I'm really good at selecting the most interesting moments, right? Mm-hmm. And expounding on those. It's not that I can't express myself, mm-hmm. but when I'm not on stage because I'm dyslexic, but also because I get excited easily from ideas, I tend to speak fast and slip over my words a lot. Uh-huh. Um... But the version on me is prepared because the version of me that's on stage has not only uh, articulated these ideas by writing them down, but has taken the time to memorize them.
1: Right. And, and he, yeah, express
0: mm-hmm. them in a provocative, interesting way. Right. But it's easy for me to separate the guy who's on stage from the guy who's around the house thinking about the guy who's on the stage.
1: Well, let me ask you something before yeah. I go into my what, what I think about this. Go ahead. Do you think that your dyslexia, um, as frustrating as it can be, because I would imagine it is, do you think that your dyslexia really does help your performances?
0: Yes, because one, I don't have it as bad as other people. Yes. But two, they say that people with dyslexia mm-hmm. look at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true in my case.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and we it, we tend to problem solve differently really yeah like my way of doing math is i think and i think it's also one of the reasons i did poorly when i went to high school in math yes Dad and i also did a shit ton of weed
1: yeah you shouldn't do that while you're trying to think of math books
0: but um well i think it helped me when i was younger because i looked at math differently and it kind of maybe hurt me when i got a little bit older
1: because because your dyslexia was-
0: Well, because it helped me look at the world differently. Yeah. And in school, even though I went to a hippie school and it was great, school tries to teach you to color inside the lines uh-huh. when it comes to things, especially like math. So they
1: didn't and encourage you to think differently then?
0: Not with math. Now, my, my school that I went to in high school was great in other ways of teaching you to, to look outside the box. But as far as math goes, no. Okay. And... I think somebody like me I need to color outside
1: the lines. Wait a minute though. Um so they didn't they didn't explore the way that you learn math is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, it's like because to keep it real. I believe that in math all you need is addition, subtraction, multiplication and division and everything else is basically teaching you how to pass a standardized test. Mhm. Right.
1: Well, I mean, that's
0: my that's my opinion, opinion, and that's my life experience. I'm also not a mathematician, yeah, but I'm somebody who can balance a budget, uh
1: huh. Right, Mm -hmm.
0: and that's what you need in life. You need people who can who can balance a budget. Sometimes
1: people hire accountants,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: or uh, financial consultants.
0: Like, I don't know, but I would assume that most accountants aren't really doing geometry or calculus all day
1: not that kind of math
0: exactly because
1: but some but some people really i mean i can understand why geometry would be needed if you're talking about um if you're talking about shapes because it deals a lot with shapes Mm -hmm. you do need to know about shapes
0: yeah and for real the other thing that hurt me in higher forms of math was being
1: blind yeah and and most people that that deal uh, with math that are blind are not good but I know that there are some exceptions to the rule because I don't know this person but at my uh former school um from what I've been hearing she is uh she is a blind math teacher that knows what she's doing nice and it 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 when I first heard that I'm like, "Wow, because a lot of blind people really struggle with, it, especially graphing. I hated graphing
0: now, I didn't oh. know this in high school. Hated I didn't graphing. find out that blind people traditionally aren't good at things like geometry until I was hearing. in my twenties.
1: Yeah. That's what I've been hearing uh-huh
0: right it, it probably would have been helpful had I known that earlier,
1: but it really um my um uh, math teacher uh that I had for my senior year. Um, She was great though. I really wish that there was a teacher that I would have grown up uh, learning from that really took the time to understand how blind people's brains work Mm. because she really was good at... She had this... So for graphing, which graphing is very visual, as you know, it's very confusing. She had a push pin board. She had a push pin board with these rubber band and i'm going to i'm going to give you what i think about the question you asked you. Yeah, cuz we're getting into the weasel. I know. Well, we tend to do that. Yes. She had this push pin board and what she would do was um the uh push pins were used to mark the coordinates. And then there was a push pin at the center of the coordinates, like the the axis where the um the axes intersect. So That was a a very creative way of teaching blind people about how to go from point A to point B. Because that's... uh, Anyone else doing it would have been very, very... It would have been very confusing Mm. for me. But getting back to the question... Yes. And uh, repeat the question again, please.
0: Are you... When you get off stage... And you think of your performance, are you ever jealous of that person of Alana or envious of her?
1: <laughs> no. And I'll tell you why I'm not. Go because ahead. there's so mi- much things that went into getting ready for that performance. And I'm, you know, when the performance initially starts, I'm thinking about, okay, are my fingers positioned correctly? Is Are my lips positioned correctly? Because you have to think about that too. Uh, does the tone sound okay? And I'm thinking about technical stuff, mm. and then I'm also thinking, well, okay, what about articulation? What about intonation? About my tone? What about notes? Um, do I get the? Did I get the right notes? And I'm thinking about the um, the motion, the, um, the 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 motion of my fingers and the muscle memory too. I'm thinking about that. There's a whole bunch of stuff going through my head. And then once I get into the performance and I'm more relaxed, then I don't think about it so much. And I'm thinking, okay, I got this. I think I got it. Um and then at the end of it I'm like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm exhausted. And I hope I don't play this song for um I hope I don't play this song for a while because I'm I'm tired.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's for real, for me and Lisa, once I get up on stage, 99 times out of 100, it's like effortless when I'm there.
1: Okay. Because I
0: did the prep work. Yeah. I, I feel that it, it just, I feel like I'm- You feel I'm,
1: more focused up there.
0: I feel super comfortable when I'm on stage.
1: I do not. I get nervous. I feel jittery. I have to really, you know, I have to, get, I have to give myself deep breaths to kind of- um, relax my you know, we relax me, period. Not just my mind, but me physically, because I tend to tense up. And I get butterflies in my stomach, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to calm myself down, and you know, I'll eat a banana, because those really help, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and, and but then once I'm on stage, and I'm trying not to wobble, <laughs> because sometimes if you get nervous, you start to you know, fidget. Yes. Um. I and then, uh, but but once I'm in the performance and I'm in the throes of it, then I start to relax a little bit. And there are times, there are times where I have to stop. And uh, if I make a mistake, I stop and then I go back to it again because I have to go on. I have to keep on going. But once I keep on going and I don't stop, I don't have to stop. Then uh, I'm fine. But afterwards, I'm like, okay, I'm done. That that was a good performance. I'm done. Or maybe I should have done it better, but I'll do it better next time. But I'm done. Nice. But I don't think about, oh, that 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 girl up there was great. I wish I was her. You know, I mm. I don't think about that at all. No.
0: I might have some weird ability to dis- disassociate myself from myself. Yeah, because
1: you have you have the ability to. It seems like you're really like comfortable and focused. And on it stage, it takes a while I, for me to do that.
0: On stage, I am not in the rest of my life. Okay, but it's also like uh before the pandemic because I'm not really hanging out with friends. Yeah, I would go out and I'd be with friends, and then I'd come home and I'd be like, I wish I, I could be more like that guy who is just hanging out with his friends because I feel comfortable. You know what I mean? But then I go back and I'm just like, I'm just me. I'm just regular Rick.
1: Well, I, I mean,
0: I don't know if that makes any sense. Um. Like I can turn it on sometimes when I'm in the zone. And then after that, it's just like, I'm just this guy who is just like a normal dude,
1: which well, is fine, but it's maybe not. Maybe it's okay to be normal, you know, yeah. You that you're not, you don't have to, you don't feel like you have to, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I've never noticed that you had to. Pretend to be somebody else around me. I mean.
0: No, but it's different know. being around you than just like hanging with my friends and we're, you know, we're talking shit. And I, it's not that I'm fake, but I'm, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. It just feels like it's a different version. It feels like it's a more confident version of me.
1: I honestly think you're analyzing it too much. Maybe I am. Yeah. I think you're on it. I think you're analyzing it too much. I don't think about that stuff. Oh. I just think, well, you know, there are people I can't be, or I can't be comfortable around because that's just how they are. Yeah. And I can't, I'm not going to change them, and I can't, they're not going to change me either.
0: It's weird. I I don't feel that way whenever I leave the kitchen, even if I did a good meal.
1: Uh-huh. I
0: don't feel like I'm jealous of the, the guy who was just preparing the meal. Uh-huh. I just feel like, oh, I just made a meal. And it was good. Even if it was bad or good or yeah. whatever.
1: I feel I think I feel a little like if I know that my performance could have been better, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I I'm a little bit more critical of myself. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. And and then and then somebody says, actually you did really well. I didn't even think you did any mistakes and I'm thinking, Wow, I thought I did a lot of mistakes. Oh. But apparently I didn't. Yes. So I feel sometimes I feel great and I'm exhausted and other times I'm like, Oh, I I could have done better. Mm. But I'm still exhausted. Yes. So it could go either way.
0: Very good, babes. Mm-hmm. JLo. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. Thank you. Yes. I showed you the second episode of The Boys yesterday. Yes. And I was is. thinking, oh, for sure, she's not going to like this, but it helps to build. The story of the TV series.
1: I thought it was a little bit crazy, but okay. Yeah.
0: I think overall, you really enjoyed it.
1: I right? mean, the second episode I thought was a little bit cray cray.
0: Right, but overall, you you liked it.
1: I I did. I mean, I guess I'm I'm thinking about the bigger picture instead of nitpicking.
0: Look, you were asking me like a ton ton of questions about the show after we watched it. Yes, I
1: was because there were some things I didn't understand. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: It's, I'll give a quick recap of it. I won't, I won't go all the way, but basically it starts off from the end of the last episode where Huey and Butcher had attacked Translucent.
1: Mm-hmm. They put, For good reason. Mm-hmm,
0: they put him in the trunk of Butcher's car drive off and they realize that Translucent is still alive. Yeah. So they go get Frenchie and they're trying to figure out ways how to kill uh, this maniac superhero. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's stuff going on with Bob. We don't need to go into everything, but no. Starlight is having some issues. Eventually, she ends up beating up these guys who are about to date rape date rape this girl.
1: And and she, and she is. She, do I mention the clothes? Can
0: go I ahead. Mention?
1: She's in her plain clothes.
0: Yeah, so she can no longer use her secret identity.
1: Right.
0: Which I think is great, <laughs> and but this but is. But she
1: really didn't know that apparently.
0: Well, I don't know if she didn't know that, but she was more focused on, I have to save this woman. Yeah,
1: this yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, yeah.
0: It's filmed, gets leaked to the internet, and the publicist lady is furious with Starlight.
1: Yeah. I don't really like the lady anyway, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Going back to Huey and them, there's a scene in this episode I love, and it's where Huey gives water to Translucent, and he says, hey, you know that my superpower isn't really invisibility it's being able to read people and right now i can tell that you're super scared yeah and he's like eventually Homelander's is going to come and get me uh-huh. so you have to ask yourself who's really the one who's who's a prisoner here and uh-huh. huey leaves the room uh-huh. eventually frenchie figures out how to kill translucent uh-huh. so he sticks a bomb in his asshole which i think is brilliant uh, a bomb. yes and Homelander comes to get him, but there's some commotion and Huey ends up uh pressing the detonator and killing translucent at the end of the episode. Yes. Yes.
1: And he's he because he, he was left alone with the guy. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh what's he gonna do? Yep. Uh it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Meanwhile another house blows up. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Good episode there, Jay. Well, I'm glad you're starting to dig it.
1: And I'm already I'm already not not liking Homelander.
0: You're not supposed to like him,
1: though. I know, I know, I already don't. Good. I, I think he, I think you're right. I think he is a major villain.
0: But you're starting to dig Starlight a little bit more because after the first episode, I could tell that you weren't really a fan of hers yet.
1: No, because I wasn't. I was trying to feel her out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. She seems like a weirdo, but what do I know? Yeah.
0: And Butcher's starting to grow on you.
1: No, I never said that. Okay, I, I said that I think you're you. the only one that likes Butcher. Oh, I
0: love Butcher. He's my favorite character. I
1: think he's a little koi Yes,
0: but today you might
1: Frenchie get... and Butcher, I don't know.
0: What did you think of that scene in the episode where Huey asks Frenchie what it was like to kill somebody?
1: Hmm. I thought that was kind of disturbing. Oh,
0: wow, I love that scene.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if I like Frenchie. I think... I think you're gonna I, like
0: Frenchie. I, I don't think he's gonna be your favorite character, but I do think you're gonna like him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly think that Butcher and and Frenchie are definitely rough around the edges.
0: Butcher more so.
1: Butcher more so, yeah. Yes. Well, especially when he he showed up at this like at the that FBI woman's house. Yeah, that
0: was I love that, that was
1: too. very. I mean, she's like, "What are you doing here?" And yeah. he's
0: just like hanging out downstairs in the middle of the night. Really? Like what? And then at one point, I love when she said to him, don't ask him about my family. This gives me the creeps. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's a little bit weird, but... Yeah.
0: I thought that was great. Yeah, you would. Oh, my goodness. You're so would you. yeah. But today, you might get to meet Mother's Milk. Uh-oh. Yes.
1: Mother's I, Milk.
0: I think he's a really great balance to... Some of the uh, weirdness of to, Butcher. To
1: Butcher, okay. yeah.
0: I people say it's Huey that balances Butcher out, but I really think it's Huey and Mother's Milk who balance them out.
1: Does Huey and Mother's Milk get along with each other?
0: They're not like besties, but I think they 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 slowly uh, get along with each other and start
1: to respect each well, other. Well, I would imagine that Huey doesn't exactly get along with Butcher, but he's kind of going along with what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, okay, I'm just I'm I'm just along for the ride and. Meanwhile, my father is at home wondering why I'm not not back yet.
0: Watching uh, Magnum P.I. and Remington Steel. (laughs) And Dateline. Matlock. And Dateline. (laughs) And Dateline. I've seen Dateline, Huey.
1: Come on. Yeah, I saw this Dateline thing. I thought that was really funny. (laughs) I saw this Dateline thing. (laughs) Just come home. (laughs) Poor dad. Yes, yes, yes. He seems like a nice guy, too. But very passive. Very passive. It was like, no, 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 no. Just, just get away from there. Come home. <laughs> <laughs> Come home and watch some Rummings and steal with me. Have some coffee. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever find out about what happened to his mom?
0: I don't think up to this point we know. And by this point, I'm talking about the end of season two. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Okay. But I'm glad you're starting to dig it, babes. I think so. Oh, good. 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 Then we made barritos.
1: And I have to say that I felt so bad because I could not help you make dinner, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, because I just wasn't feeling good, and I know why. (laughs)
0: COVID.
1: No, it wasn't COVID. I don't have the coronavirus. I hope not. No, I don't.
0: Don't got that Rona. No. No, no, no. Can I? Am I allowed to say what it is?
1: No, you're not.
0: Can I say anyway?
1: No, you're not. Okay. All right. All right. No, you're not. Okay. All right.
0: All right. I'm not gonna say that.
1: No, you're not going to say. Okay. But, but I, I was. I, I wasn't feeling very good, and normally I would be. Um, I would be up helping, but um, we still have leftovers. We are going to have some food after this
0: alana yes we watched two clint eastwood movies
1: and two very good ones except the one the first one we watched was really creepy
0: i don't know if i liked it i need more time to process it to be honest but it was was well done
1: it was well done but it creeped me out bubs yeah It, it was actually a little bit more creepier and you're gonna be like what i honestly think this is a little bit more creepier than vertigo
0: Oh, interesting. Okay,
1: I like, I understand Vertigo a lot more than I did before, mm-hmm. but this was just creepy.
0: It was very creepy. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it was. It I think was it was, was just
1: creepier for me because it was a woman that was um doing this. Yes, Vertigo is creepy, but it's a different kind of creepy.
0: We watched the first. I think it's his first uh, film as a director. Play yeah. J Lo for me.
1: It's called Play Misty for me. I
0: thought it was Play J Lo.
1: No, me. it wasn't. Okay. He likes to put my name in everything. Oh my goodness! Play "Yay for me, Yay Boulevard.
0: Oh my goodness, babes! <laughs> do you want me to give the overview, or do you like to? Um,
1: what, uh, why don't I give the overview? Do so it. I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give the 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 basic premise of it, and we can kind of uh, you can kind of chime in. Go ahead. Uh, basically, it's about this guy named Dave Garver, who's played by. Um, Clint Eastwood he's a jazz DJ and this crazy woman well we don't know she's crazy yet in the beginning but she keeps calling in and says play Misty for me and he says all right and Misty was her song always wanted to um always called in and, and asked to play Misty well meanwhile uh I so there's some a lot of things that lead up to the scene where they're at this uh bar he's at a bar with uh was it when it was it coworker
0: it was a bartender. We get the, the sense that like this is his regular hangout,
1: yeah, and this woman shows up introduces herself as Evelyn Draper um I think not mistaken somehow i think they exchanged numbers correct
0: not exactly no okay. she goes he goes back to her place that night she was there waiting for him and and put on the lie when she went to the bar that she was waiting for a date
1: it and, was really him yeah. yeah yeah so um that was very strange um after that they after after he he went back to her place which was a really dumb thing to do
0: he just wanted to get some
1: okay, okay 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 okay
0: but it was dumb
1: well it was Well, we don't know that it's dumb, that it's really dumb until much until a little bit later mm-hmm. she starts appearing out of nowhere at his home with groceries um at his office um she finds out that um he is getting back together with his girlfriend Toby. Um, poses at well, we don't, well, okay, so I won't mention I won't that part yet. Go on, but she, um, she does all these weird things like, oh, she, um, she calls him to set up dates when he said, Why didn't I? I, I was going to call you, you know, I thought you said, I thought we agreed that I was going to call you first. And so all these things are happening um I'm trying to think she so he dismisses her the first time and uh is that before she tries to kill herself? I'm trying to remember. Yes. Yeah. He dismisses her the first time. She tries to kill she tries to kill herself. And she tries to kill herself in um, his, his house. house. Yep. Yep. So he has to keep her there because the doctor is...
0: Doing him a favor and not putting this out there. Right. Yeah.
1: He has to keep... So basically he's stuck with her for the entire night. Mm-hmm. Now, or the entire day. His girlfriend Toby says, look, my uh, my roommate is going to be gone. My roommate Angelica is going to be gone. Uh, would you like to come over? And he says, all right. And meanwhile, while he's on the phone, she's trying to find ways to keep him away from her. Mm-hmm. Waking up, trying, to, uh, pretending to wake up, or, or, or I'm sorry, pretending to be asleep, pretending to wake up from a bad dream so that he can hold her. Yes. I mean, really hold her. And... Toby is obviously very upset and says, why haven't you told me the truth? Why did you have to miss last night? Because I was waiting for you. I don't know exactly how much he told her about Evelyn. Right?
0: We, we don't really see it on camera that yeah. much. I mean, it's alluded to, but I get the feeling that he pretty much told her everything except for, you know,
1: the sex. Right. Yeah. Which I understand why he wouldn't tell her that. Yeah. It's not her business, I guess, or he didn't think it would be. Well, so he finds out, so he's going to have a program on that night. Um, the detective, what's his name? You're
0: you're fast forwarding a little bit, but you're allowed to cut stuff out. I just wanted to let
1: you know that you're I know. Okay. 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 Maybe I should, maybe I should mention before I go into that, um, Evelyn's at his house. Um. Bert, uh, uh, his, his maid, Bertie, comes over and and uh, is supposed to clean out his house. And he, she he tells her about crazy Evelyn. They can't find her, but she leaves a note. Am I right?
0: Something to that effect.
1: Okay. So. Um. She leaves a note. I forgot what... Uh, do you remember what happens when she um pretty much trashes his house?
0: Yeah, so let's sk- skip to that. So basically, she had copied his car keys. Yeah. He has this big uh meeting. It's ruined by Evelyn. And then she goes back to his place.
1: And trashes it.
0: the house. And stabs your girl, Birdie.
1: Birdie is a maid.
0: And And they take... Uh, home girl away, and put her in the mental institution for a while.
1: And Birdie, Birdie, does survive.
0: Yeah, eventually they release your girl, and, and they she's wait, not my girl. They wait a week to tell Clint
1: with this. Yeah, and she, and she, and she calls him up and says, "Oh, I got a job in Hawaii. Yeah, and I just want to apologize."
0: But it turns out that she's lying.
1: She's lying. Well, his girlfriend call calls him up because he's supposed to do this big show. And she says, hey, um, my I got to go pick up Annabelle. She's my new roommate. She's going to move in. Angelica's moving out. Annabelle's moving in. He goes on the show. So, um, Detective, I, or I forgot what his name was.
0: I forgot his name, but he's not doing a big show. He's just doing his radio show. The radio show and I'm the sorry. reason it's important is because the detectives have agreed to trace the call. So... If if your girl calls in, they're gonna trace and be able to tell where she's at. She's not my girl. You guys used to hang out together in college. Keep going, babes. What? Keep going. What,
1: what about college?
0: You you and her used to hang out in college.
1: I don't know. I didn't know any. Emily. Oh, I did. I, I nah, didn't know. Mm-hmm. But she I, wasn't crazy. I keep going. She wasn't crazy. All right,
0: all right. Keep going. You're
1: I don't... Okay. You be good, boy. I always am. Okay, so so uh, she's, so uh, uh, Toby's at her house. Annabelle supposedly making some coffee grobs, whatever those are. I don't know what that is. Um, Dave calls, Dave calls Toby and says, Hey, uh, I just want to let you know that um, the detective is coming over to check on you. And just open the door for anybody else. And she she's, she assures him that everything's fine. Well, we we go back to her house. It turns out that she doesn't realize that Annabella is really Evelyn. Mm-hmm. And so she's left uh, at home with the psycho. And uh, she duct tapes her mouth and ties her up and a, a, takes a big chunk of her hair out. She's also um planning to... She was also playing with the idea of Taking out her eyes. Yep. And um, so she pretty much wants to kill this girl. Um. <clears throat> um so Dave, did he have a feeling that something was going on, something was happening, or I forgot? I think. Um, Remember,
0: your girl calls into the radio station.
1: Oh, that's right. It says that we're waiting for you. Yeah. yeah.
0: So he puts on the recording, speeds over there. The detective gets there first, and uh, homegirl doesn't she know. Stabs him. She, she stabs him to death. Clint Eastwood comes in.
1: Clint Eastwood gets there, finds the detective gone. Um, she gets him. He's able to get into the house, finds his girlfriend Toby tied up. Um, untapes her mouth, unties her. They're struggling in the kitchen. I think it's in the kitchen, right? In the house. In the house. Uh, Evelyn stabs him, and it. Looks like he's hurt, but... Wait.
0: I think you got the order a little bit long, but keep going. Wrong, but
1: keep going. Whoa, 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 what's the order then?
0: I think he comes in there, he tries to untie Evelyn, he gets stabbed, and then he chases after... Well,
1: Ar- he, he tries to untie
0: Toby. Toby. He chases after Evelyn after he gets stabbed, and then...
1: And then, he... Um, he finds a way to push her out the window, and then she falls into the ocean because the house is on the beach.
0: As he dies,
1: and she dies, <laughs>
0: and he rescues his, his girl,
1: and he rescues Toby. Yes, I, as he stabbed.
0: I need more time to think about what I think about this movie. I, I, I it's. I'm not saying it's bad or it's good. I just need to
1: process. It's, it. It. it's really creepy, though. Yeah, real. But the the lady who played um, Evelyn Draper was really good. Yeah, I mean, she really was very, very psychotic.
0: It, it was interesting. Um, it made me think... As, as you're retelling this story, oddly enough, of Selena.
1: Oh, the movie Selena.
0: Well, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm thinking the actual singer.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And I know it's a completely different situation and it's mm-hmm. decades later, but yes. follow me on this one. Clint Eastwood's character, Dave has a little bit of fame in this community. Uh-huh. And he has this person who is stalking him. Yeah. Who tries to kill him. And in Selena's case, unfortunately, because it was real life, she was actually killed by an obsessed fan.
1: Her fan club president, yes. Right. And um, in the movie, yeah. it was portrayed a little bit differently. Right. But... Um,
0: but do you see, like, the yes, overlap? Yes,
1: absolutely. And she still uh the last interview i heard from her she still um denies to to this day probably that she had anything wrong uh, that she did anything wrong and um you know claiming that her relationship with selena was a lot closer it might it might have been just fan club president and um artist so I we'll don't never know the know specifics that. We'll, ne- well 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 well, Yolanda Saldivar, who was the lady that was um incarcerated, she claims that Selena thought of her as a mother, which may or may not be true, I guess we'll never know because Selena's gone but but i I, I hear what you're saying
0: yeah and for real i I honestly haven't studied Selena that much. I only know like the headline version of her life
1: yeah, and mm-hmm. I did see her I did see the movie um very sad. Uh, gone way, 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 way too soon.
0: But it's also just a movie, and they fictionalize stuff, too.
1: Oh, you're cynical again. Oh, my You're goodness. cynical Okay, boy. I'm
0: sure it's very true.
1: Oh, you got a little, oh you're cynical. Ooh.
0: <laughs> I babes. Yay. Yes. But I thought of that, and I also thought of Mark David Chapman and John Lennon.
1: And I don't know much about that story, but uh, Mark David Chapman was very deranged. He was a crazy fucker. All right, all right, Beagle. all right. Calm down. He's not. He's dead now. Or, Mark David Chapman is. Oh no! Actually, I don't know if he's dead.
0: I think he's still alive, baby. He's
1: incarcerated. He'll never get out.
0: They sort of killed him.
1: Yeah, I believe you. Ah. Oh, oh, all he, right, all right. That's enough. That's enough. Go on. Go on.
0: I'm We're going to do a benefit for Mark David Chapman.
1: L- there will be no benefit for Mark David Chapman. Okay, go. He should. He should be in prison. He should have been dead already. That's that's the way I see it.
0: He killed John Lennon. Ah. I know. Anyways, Selena I could take the child. Okay. Alright, stop, 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 stop. I mean Ah, okay, hey, okay. Both
1: of them should not have died too soon, okay.
0: but could you see where this movie would what was that for? Oh good- okay. <laughs> could you see where this movie would make me think of that stuff? Yes. Yeah.
1: It it it's it's uh it's just really creepy.
0: So one thing I was wondering that I can't prove is Clint Eastwood Uh was a pretty big star before he made this movie. Uh And I'm wondering what his experiences may have been with stalkers.
1: I don't know. I hope he didn't have any experiences with stalkers. I've been hearing crazy stories about celebrities being stalked.
0: I'm sure he must have.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is... It's crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you heard of the actress? I don't. I forgot what she was in, but her name was Sharon Gless. No. I, I I she had a stalker, and I think the stalker was a a woman, and she was just really crazy. Wow. Um, Paula Abdul had a stalker, and um, she was. I don't know if you heard about it, but she. She, um, auditioned for American Idol and when she, she didn't get it, but she used to park outside of, um, Paula Abdul's place because she figured out where it was. And well, she ended up, she ended up killing herself, unfortunately, but some people are just crazy. I know. They can't stop themselves from stalking people.
0: I love stalking. Oh. No, I don't. But I started, that was like Kerbopulous Michael. You know, he's like, I love killing.
1: Yeah, Ker- I'll kill anybody. Kerbopulous Michael, yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, if anybody wants anyone to kill anyone.
0: I, 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 I buy have, guns from your grandfather. I
1: have guns from your grandfather. <laughs> That's well. great. Well, wow.
0: But back to this movie.
1: Yeah, it really makes you think of all the creepy scenarios that people may have gone through. Either whether you hear stories about somebody surviving a stalker or somebody dying of a stalker.
0: Do you think Dave learns any lessons from this experience? And if so, what are they?
1: Hmm. Uh, so I understand this was back in the seventies. I
0: think 1970 or seventy.
1: Yeah. But I think that, you know, fast forward to the future. Um, be sure that every phone that he uses has a caller ID okay <laughs> yes good would you re- uh, 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 avoid anyone who tells him to play misty for me oh my goodness
0: <laughs> would you recommend this movie to anyone
1: um i don't know <laughs> it's such a strange movie yeah
0: there's there's a lot I, I feel like i'm not giving this movie justice but honestly since i'm still processing it myself yeah. It. Yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult. There was
1: some... Okay, so when the detective was asking him questions, I think his name was McAuliffe. That yes, I think about something like that. When the detective was asking him questions, what I didn't understand is why couldn't he just tell him everything right there?
0: I think he didn't want to get into the fact that he had slept with this lady a couple times.
1: Yeah, I would think that after the first time she showed up at her house, his house unannounced that she that he wouldn't sleep with her. I don't know. Well,
0: don't take this as, like, I'm trying to be funny. Okay. But I've noticed that a lot of times when you're uh, with a crazy person, mm-hmm. they are oftentimes very good in bed. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's possible that he's just like, the sex is so good. I got to go back and get some
1: more. Or maybe it's just that I feel really bad for her and...
0: No, I I honestly think this is a situation where men and women would view it differently, right? So I could see a woman saying, well, I don't know why he had sex with her again. But from a man's perspective, I get why a woman would think that. And I'm not saying you're wrong for thinking that. But I also am a man. And if you've had any experience as a man dating and being with women, you know that sometimes you're going to have a fun time in the bedroom if you're with a crazy person okay yes that's my very but, diplomatic... but you're going
1: but then but then you're but then a man will um often regret it in the long run <laughs> exactly
0: that's my very diplomatic words, liberal version of so saying, in other words uh it,
1: so in other words uh fun for now but really bad in the long run
0: yeah yeah exactly okay um yeah, A- anyways, moving on from that there. Gee, whoa. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about the movie?
1: Um, yeah, Jessica Walter, who played um, Evelyn Draper, was really good. I yes. mean, she really played that part. She was really creepy. And I, she, yeah.
0: There's something I'm trying to wrap my head around, and I'm not sure if I liked it or disliked it. Yeah. When we find out that Evelyn is actually the roommate, yeah, that felt very cliche to me. Uh-huh. But I don't know if it feels that way because I'm seeing this movie now and so many bad horror movies did stuff like that. So uh-huh. it's possible if I had seen it in 1970, it would have felt like a, fresh, a fresher idea. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I saw, so I saw this movie, I think it came out in. it might have come out in 2007. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie with a friend at the time who shall not be named. Go ahead. And it was, it was obsessed and it was one of those, um, it was called Obsessed and it was one of those movies where guy meets girl, girl stalks guy who's married, with child. Um, but she was trying very hard to get into his life. Like she knew the name of his, his child. She got to carry his child, um, uh, physically pick up the baby. She, um. She drugged him, um, so he kind of didn't really remember the conversation they had. Um, this this was, I mean, it's kind of that movie and um, Play Misty for Me were kind of like cliches of like obsessed stalker women movies. Yeah. Go.
0: But this film, because it was re- released at, it sets a different point in our country uh-huh. i'm wondering how many things about it just feel cliche because so many films have imitated it yeah you know what i mean
1: well i mean i didn't see so that movie single white female i keep hearing about it i didn't see it but i heard it was really creepy too
0: uh, that is a creepy
1: movie Did, you saw it
0: yeah because my mom watched it okay yeah basically this girl moves in with jennifer jason lee and starts you know being obsessed with her
1: right she wants to be her.
0: I had a situation with a stalker. Oh, no. But this wasn't somebody who stalked me because of my poetry. This is somebody who I met. Uh, this was years and years ago. I, I don't even know if I want to talk about it here. But, um...
1: Well, I mean, you don't have to give as, as little detail as you want. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll probably ask you later. But
0: Unfortunately, no. this was a dude. So, no, okay. no fun nights in the bedroom or anything. I hope not. No, 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 no. No, but, um... I don't know. Is this a weird situation? When I was living in LA.
1: Oh, is that your? Uh... We
0: don't. We don't want to give too many details out
1: here. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Never yeah. mind.
0: But um, yeah, this is an interesting movie. We have to process it. Right. Yes. 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 Yes.
1: Yes. 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 J Lo. Huh.
0: We watched another Clint Eastwood movie.
1: Which was better than that one?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, called Pale Rider.
1: Yes. I think you should give a recap of this one.
0: Okay, it starts off. There is a small town. They're just doing their thing, but this cavalry—it's headed to the town, and they do the typical things of you know throwing things over, ruining people's faith in humanity, and then leaving. So, uh, homeboy Paul, Saul. What's the what's the dude named the wimpy dude? Oh, whole.
1: His, his name is Hall Barrett.
0: Hull he, Barrett. He's
1: very wimpy,
0: yes. Decides to go to town, and everybody says, Hey, Hull, remember what happened the last time you went there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But he goes there anyway, gets the stuff, is loading up his cart, and these men who we believe are involved with the attack come over and start beating him up. hmm Clint Eastwood, who plays Preacher, that's all we know him as yeah. in the movie, he's comes over, saves Hull's life, And then Hull says, hey, why don't you come back to town, to my small town with me, Mm -hmm. and chill out for a few days. Goes there. Hull is dating this woman with a 14-year-old daughter.
1: Yeah, the the woman's name is Sarah. Her daughter's name is Megan.
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about life and how to defend themselves. Preacher comes out. They all have dinner. There's some stuff that goes on. Eventually, people come to kind of let it be known they're they're not happy with uh, the people being beaten up by Preacher. and He beats these guys up. But the town discovers gold, so everybody's happy. Eventually, Hull takes Sarah, Megan, and the Preacher back into town. And when Hull is inside buying some stuff, Preacher gets called to this other building. Yep. Yeah. Sky says, I have light rights to the land that your people are on. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to negotiate. I'll give each person who's there $100 to leave. And Preacher says, you can afford more than that. Let me tell them that you're going to offer them $1,000. He says, okay, you have 24 hours. So now... Fast forward, townspeople are discussing it. Hull gets them riled up. They agree that they're not going to take the money. Word gets back to the head dude. He decides, okay, we're going to make an example out of these people. I'm going to skip over some stuff. But basically, we find out that Megan, who's only 14, wants to be with Preacher. Right. But he's like, nah, that's a little bit too young for me. Yeah. Yeah
1: yeah um
0: go ahead
1: she gets angry with i I think i should mention this she gets very angry with him because she's thinking you're in love with my mom aren't you you know and she's and and she re decides that she doesn't want to see this guy again
0: okay eventually this all comes to a head And because the town people are discovering gold, one guy gets really, really drunk and decides to go and rub it in the main guy's face who wants to take over the town. Yep. Sends out his deputies. They kill the dude. Yep. Word gets back that they want to meet, the deputies want to meet with Hull the next morning. Yep. And this sheriff and his deputies, their reputation precedes them. Yep. But he goes out there. Preacher kills all the deputies and the sheriff. Uh-huh. He Hall wanted to go with him, but basically uh, the preacher like said, "He's like, no, you're not going with me." But Hall eventually walks there, uh-huh. and the preacher takes off. Your girl Megan yells out to him, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and that's basically the end of the
1: movie. No, she says goodbye. She says,
0: but she also says she's sorry. Yeah, I think that's what she said because she. Uh...
1: Oh, you forgot one part. I didn't I think. forget
0: one part, but keep going. Yes, yeah, you did. I, I didn't want to put everything in there, but go ahead. Well,
1: I, I wanted to mention a part that maybe you may have forgotten, or maybe you missed. Go ahead. But remember when Sarah was talking to preacher, yes. and she basically says, uh, "You know, I, you know, I was with somebody that left me, and when you left, because he left the first time. Remember? Go ahead. When you left, I thought that." That's how I felt, and he told I I'm, I think it's it was implied that she was falling for the preacher, and she said, "Well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what's right, and I'm gonna marry whole. and I'm gonna I'm gonna say goodbye, because I know you're gonna leave." Mm. So I thought that was an important part.
0: Okay. This is a really good movie. It was very good. It's not my favorite Clint Eastwood film, but it's it's definitely watchable. Yeah, it is. I'd give it a strong seven, maybe an eight. I don't know, but I'd it was.
1: It a, I would definitely give it a a strong seven. Yeah,
0: very good movie. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little bit of analysis.
1: Yeah.
0: What does Clint Eastwood teach us about doing good? And then leaving before your either your your uh, goodwill runs out or before you start to believe your own hype?
1: Um well I, I made a comment after the or I think it might have been during the movie that he kind of reminds me of the Lone Ranger.
0: Which I've not seen.
1: The Lone Ranger I've only seen a few episodes, and you know, he does good for the town. He teaches the people a lesson whatever town he's in. And then he leaves before anybody finds out who he is. I mean, they find out who he is at the end. But he leaves. I think... The way that I saw it is I think that Preacher was on a mission. And and once his mission was over, he was going to go on to the next thing. Okay. If that makes any sense.
0: It does. But you don't think that he he's just on these missions to, to make towns better. And it's interesting to me that even though he's preacher, he doesn't really use the Bible to do that.
1: He, I think he, he puts, if he does have any faith, cause we only know that he's a preacher. We don't even know if he, you know, we don't know if he's, in, uh, is uh, playing the part of a preacher or if he really is a preacher. Cause that's what he, they call him. Um, maybe he did, maybe he's putting his faith into action Mm. instead of just reading scriptures Mm -hmm. and not putting anything into action. Interesting. That's how I, that's how I took it. He's a very mysterious character.
0: Yes. Yeah. And Eastwood is very good at doing that. Those types of roles, I think.
1: Yeah. It almost, it almost reminded me of uh, the outlaw Josie Wales.
0: Oh, it definitely reminded me of
1: that. Yeah. Because he did make, a, he did make um, uh, a town better.
0: I gotta say, I like the Outlaw Josie Wales more than this movie. Yes. But Pale Rider is still very good.
1: It's, yes, he's very good,
0: yeah. Yes. It's up there. What does Megan teach us about wanting somebody to look up to?
1: Mm. Well, if you remember correctly, remember when she was praying because her dog died... Remember they the, the, the those that Calvary killed people but they also killed her dog. Mm-hmm. And I think that she was looking for someone to look up to because her faith was um, was shaken because of that incident. That's that's the way that I saw it.
0: But she's also, even before then, has lived a hard life.
1: She has, yeah.
0: Her pa died.
1: Her pa died. Her mom um, is, is thinking
0: about getting remarried.
1: She's 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 thinking about remarrying Hole. I don't know how what she thinks about Hole. Um, maybe she thinks that Hole would be a good provider for the both of them, but I don't know if she really likes him. You know, she's thrust into this new environment. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how traumatizing it was. And, you know, I'm guessing that little dog was her best friend.
0: Do you think... That meeting preacher makes Hull more adventurous or a better provider in some ways,
1: possibly mm. because when we first meet Hull, he doesn't seem like a very smart person mm-hmm. he seems he seems actually he seems um a little bit more immature than uh, Sarah because Sarah had to raise her daughter on her own for most of her life. We 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 think go ahead. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but whole you know, whole took on the responsibility of helping her raise Megan, but wanting to marry Sarah. Um, so I, I think maybe preacher sure did teach him how to be a better provider.
0: Nice. Is there anything else you want to say about this movie?
1: um i think it was really really mm. well done
0: so you would recommend it to family members i would what's your elevator pitch
1: um i don't have one Uh-oh. <laughs> i just say, just watch a really good western Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: tonight we are going to watch unforgiven and cry macho uh-uh. at some point in the future i think we should watch unclean harold or at least that's one.
1: dirty harry
0: i thought it was unclean harold
1: <laughs> <laughs> dirty harry okay <laughs> i think i may have seen it but i vaguely remember if i did or not i have it came not. out very I, it came out when i was very young guess. i heard about it but i don't remember if i saw it
0: it's really cool getting to explore these clint eastwood movies with you
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and before then i didn't know much about clint eastwood movies i just heard that he directed and he also starred in a lot of very good movie. I had
0: seen some of his films, but I've definitely gone a lot deeper into his catalogue uh after meeting you and knowing you. Whoa. Yes. Okay. Very good there, J.
1: Wall. He was also in the Bridges of Madison County.
0: I know, that was my introduction to his movies.
1: Okay. I, 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 I thought the book was better. Um I I think I did see parts of the movie, but I, I like the book.
0: I didn't really like the movie. Oh. I might like the book though.
1: The book is good, yeah. yeah.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any dreams last night?
1: I did not have any dreams, but I had a really, really good sleep. Nice.
0: Yeah, I heard some snoring.
1: Oh my goodness! Oh my
0: badness! We want to
1: talk about that, please. Okay,
0: well, give me a kiss then.
1: No. What,
0: or, or give me a kiss, or we're talking about the snoring.
1: Oh, hey, why okay. are you doing that to me?
0: Because I love you, and oh. I want a kiss.
1: Oh. No matter what I do, you're always so charming.
0: Thank you, babes.
1: At least for now, anyway. Oh, you're gonna fix your pillow here. Okay. On, All right.
0: Well, babes, is there anything else you want to discuss?
1: No, I think what we should do is get. Um, I have a five minute break. Yes. Uh, maybe get a little snack, and yes. then um, I'm gonna give a short lesson.
0: Read the good book. Oh my, my goodness! goodness. <laughs> All right, a very short lesson. This this might be a ten minute one.
1: No, it's not going to be ten minutes. because okay. I have to read it. Nice. Bubs. But
0: you said you only have two proverbs. So.
1: I'm going to go through two, at least two proverbs. All right.
0: I will speak very slowly in the next one, so slowly. that we can
1: make it
0: longer.
1: Bubs. No, no,
0: no. Okay.
1: Oh my goodness! You're yes. just you're just honored this morning.
0: No, no, I'm not. I'm working.
1: Like, I mean,
0: All right, so let's get some snacks, and then
1: we will reconvene. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.